7.05, it is Monday, 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 and we are back here with the Employment Hour, as always, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, ready to take your calls through the next hour. You have employment concerns, workplace concerns, your severance package, not sure if one's coming around the corner, give us a call, talk. Lior's here to answer all your questions. We'll get to a nice tool called the severance pay calculator here in just a bit. But as always, every week we start with some cases that have come by, some some real cases, things uh, inside the firm there, Lior, uh, the week that was. So uh, set us up with that. Yeah, Johnny, thank you very much. And always great to be back. Real pleasure. And I want to answer questions today. You know, we, we have more than enough stuff to talk about for the next hour. But, you know, it's more fun to answer questions. It's mm-hmm. more informative and educational. So, so lay it on us. We're here to answer all your workplace-related questions, things that you may have always wondered. Or maybe you find yourself in a difficult situation. Your employer is doing something to you. Or, or maybe you're concerned your employer is doing something. And you simply want to know, hey, is this right? Is this kosher? Can they do this? Uh, what are my rights? Well, we're here till 8 o'clock to answer exactly those questions. So let, let us start off with the week that was. And by the way, John, last week, probably one of the busiest weeks we've ever had as a firm. Over 350 people contacted us last week alone. And, and you know, when I say that this is the busy time in the sense that this is unfortunately you know, early in the year when a lot of employers are going to make changes. Uh, they're going to let people go. They're going to cut, uh, cut costs. Uh, this is the time. So that's why it's so important to get that advice because so many of those people, the vast majority of these people, when they called us, they had no idea exactly what their rights were. They were they suspected they may have additional entitlements, and they all found out that they really, really did. So let me talk to you about a couple of interesting situations just from the past couple of days. Uh, the first one involved a matter where the, the gentleman was an electrician, and uh, he had worked for, for a company for a couple of years as an electrician. He was asked to work on a particular job. Now, I'm not an electrician. I'm not even sure I understand it exactly, but apparently it was a very high-voltage situation mm-hmm. to the point that he felt that it, it was dangerous. So what he had asked his employer, he said, well, I, I'm not feel, I don't feel comfortable working with this uh, piece of equipment here. I want, it to, I want to shut down the electricity to it, do the work that I need to do, and then we can turn it on. Eventually, the employer agreed, and that's what they did. Later that same uh, afternoon, the employer calls the individual to a meeting and said, well, you know, that's unacceptable for you to make these types mm-hmm. of demands. There were losses because we had to turn this piece of equipment off. So we can't trust you, so we're going to let you go. Now, uh, and then that's, that's when this gentleman called me and said, well, what's the deal here? Can they do that? I expressed a concern about my workplace safety, uh, and I was let go. Well, it's illegal, John. You cannot let someone go because they express a concern about workplace safety. Now, the concern may not be legitimate. They may shouldn't, maybe they shouldn't have been concerned. Maybe the work situation was safe. But the fact that you've expressed a concern, you cannot be penalized for that. Our law is built so as to encourage people to raise those issues because we don't want people working in dangerous environments. We don't want people hurting themselves and, 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 and falling and electrocuting themselves. So the fact that he raised a concern, uh, legitimate or not, and, and his employer fired him because of that, that is what we call a reprisal. Mm-hmm. So because of that, that may mean the company may be fined. There could be additional compensation owed to him over and above severance. Oh, and by the way, John, severance alone, he worked for two years as an electrician, could be as much as six months' pay. So there's a very important lesson here. Uh, you know, you may not be an electrician, but you may have sometimes, occasionally, a concern about the safety of your work situation. Well, you have a right to raise it. Your employer is then obligated to investigate, to take measures. 
In some situations, if we can't decide if the work is safe or not, we can even get the Ministry of Labor to come and investigate. But you cannot be penalized for that. That is very illegal. It's one of the most basic things in our workplace, right? So I want all our listeners to remember that and to feel comfortable and safe raising those concerns, John. What else you got going on? Second matter, uh, again, one of those that kind of matters that boils my blood a bit, and that is uh, a very nice lady contacted me. She worked for a very small company for 13 years as a bookkeeper. Her employer decided that it can that he can take on the job himself, so he didn't need her anymore. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Decided to let her go. Uh, she contacts the Ministry of Labor, my good friends at the Ministry of Labor, and they tell her, "Well, you work for a small company, 13 weeks. All your employer owes you is eight weeks' pay." Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes to the employer, and she actually has to do some arm twisting, and he finally says, "Okay, fine. I'll pay you these eight weeks' pay." Someone then refers her to the severance calculator. Hello. She uses that, and it tells her. You're owed 12 months pay. Again, 12 months. Ministry of Labor had told her eight weeks. That's when she contacts me and and very confused and upset saying, well, what gives here, Lior? Uh, You're telling me or your severance calculator is telling me 12 months. The the government, the Ministry of Labor tells me eight weeks. Uh, So I explained to her and I explained to her as I've done on the show and I've, I've done dozens and dozens of other times people call me that all the Ministry of Labor can advise you is with respect to your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. Those minimum entitlements only represent a small fraction of what you're actually owed. So in her case, her minimum entitlements may have been eight weeks, but her full entitlements, the amount that she was fully owed, 12 months pay. So now I'm working with her to get her that 12 months pay. That employer may get a bit of a rude awakening. And that lesson is so, so, so important to everyone listening to us right now, John. You cannot get advice about termination from the Ministry of Labor because they cannot advise you with respect to your full, full entitlements Give me a call in the office or on the show or go to the severance calculator. That call right now, you want to throw it by, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. When we come back, we'll get into uh, the discussion of independent contractors and we'll get to the severance pay calculator, which Lior just mentioned. An amazing tool coming right up here. It's the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640. 714, yeah, 416, 870, 6400, star 640 on sale. Lior here is answer all of your questions, your employment questions, severance questions. Bring them on. Am I an independent contractor? Do I get severance? Don't I get severance? Can they fire me? Should it be two weeks a year? All that stuff. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you. And uh, Robert here. Uh, good evening, Robert. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. What's your concern? A uh, couple of things. One, really, I'm a small business owner. And the severance calculators that are being spoken of are kind of scary as a business owner because affording some of these long-term severance payoffs on a short-term employee, maybe six months. Like, how how, how can small business owners afford to provide these packages? Mm-hmm. They're just trying to get going, and you know, they got five employees, and all of a sudden one doesn't perform well, and uh, it takes about six months to figure this out. That's just a huge liability that employers carry. So I'm trying to understand the difference between uh, what the government says is severance and what... Um, and the common law? So, Robert, let, let me give it to you uh, straight up. So here's the thing. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Yeah, there, there may be huge liabilities. There are huge liabilities, short-service employees, long-service employees, and for a small business owner such as yourself, that may be very, very, very difficult to, to swallow and very difficult to comply with. And But the reality is that's the law, and, and we, don't make what the, we don't make up the law. The law is that. That said, that said, here's why I, I don't necessarily – 
think that's something that an employer uh, should feel too bad about simply because they have an, an employer has an opportunity to enter into an employment agreement with an employee at the beginning of the employment relationship mm-hmm. that limits the entitlements, that essentially gets rid of the common law. So if an employer doesn't do that, well, frankly, the employer has itself to blame. So let's use an example. Let's say you have an employee that's worked for you for a year uh, and you did not have a, an agreement that limited their entitlements. You let them go. You may owe them three, four, five, even six months pay. But if you did, if you had a properly drafted employment agreement, you would owe them as little as two weeks pay. So because of that, that's what an employer must do if, if it's concerned about those things. It can't say, well, I'm not going to do that and now I'm not happy with what the law is. If you're going to hire employees, you can't hide behind, well, I didn't know. That's just not the way the law works here. Now, the minimum entitlements as outlined by the government is a small portion of what someone is owed. The common law entitlements, what I call the full entitlements, are the amounts over and above that. But as an employer, you have the ability to get rid of those full entitlements and and limit the person to their minimums. So, Robert, if you're concerned about that, when you hire someone, you should have a properly drafted employment agreement. Do you? It's a candidate's choice on whether or not they proceed. What's that? It's a candidate's choice on whether or not they want to proceed with with, uh, getting employed under those terms, right? Yep. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I have yet to see a situation, uh, you know, many cases where someone has a problem with that. Many people may not even realize what it does, and some people will say, well, I want the job. So an employer, certainly a smaller employer such as yourself, should be using those employment agreements. I don't care if you hire someone to work at a minimum wage or someone to work as an executive. You have to have them. Uh, if you don't have them, you got to give me a call. Let's draft them. It's a one-time thing. You do that, you never have to worry about it again. And those liabilities that you've mentioned essentially disappear. Can I follow up with one other question? Because it's another vehicle that I use, and that was giving an employee working notice. What's your opinion on that? Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, legally, you're absolutely allowed to give someone working notice. So let's say that same one-year employee that I told you about that could be owed a five-month severance, you can give them five months working notice. Or you could give them two months working notice and pay the balance out. It's up to you. You have to decide, though, if it makes sense for your business to have someone working once they know that they're going to be let go. Are you concerned about whether they're going to work hard? Are they going to sabotage? Are they going to badmouth you? So you have to decide based on what the needs of your business are and who the individual is. A lot of employers don't like doing that. They don't like keeping someone around after they've been told that they're going to be gone. Legally, you absolutely can do that. You simply have to decide whether that makes sense for you. Great, thank you. All right, thanks, thanks Robert. Robert. Yeah, see, the thing is, though, there's, you're right, though. I think when you draft these things, and if Robert were to present that to future employees, you'll limit to a week per year, two weeks per year, the minimum, whatever. A lot of people will gloss over that, look at their pay, yeah. look how much holidays they get, do I get a bonus, and that one will slip under the cracks, and it'll come to bite them in the rear end in the time end, right? and time. Again, we've yeah. talked about this before on the yeah. show, and I, I encourage people, when you look at an employment agreement, don't just focus on those things you just said, the salary, the bonus, the vacation. Look at the termination terms. Look if to see if there's something in there that at some point could cost you tens and tens of thousands of dollars. But you're right, and, and what I've said to, to Robert is correct. Many people won't do that, and you have a right as an employer to put that in an agreement. Mm -hmm. If you don't put that in there, you can't complain of the fact that now you have to pay someone too much severance. We'll take a uh, short break. Lots more on the way. Give us a call. Robert did. First one, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. We'd love to talk to you here right up until 8 o'clock in the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. Now we'll have a look. AM640, Chopper Traffer for guildhallwealth.com. Here's our good pal, Kimberly Fowler.
724 Monday evening. Phone lines are wide open. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on cell. Drop an email. It's Lior, L-A-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Okay, severance pay calculator. Mentioned a couple of times. I know Robert mentioned it. Uh, give me some deets. Yeah, Johnny, thank you very much. And, and I really, really do hope that most of our listeners know about this by now. But i got to reinforce this. And, and for new people hearing us, it's such an important tool. So we start off with the address, severancepaycalculator.com. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. It's a tool, as the name suggests, we try to make it pretty simple and straightforward. It's a tool that tells you, calculates for you, how much compensation, how much severance you're owed if you lost your job. Doesn't matter if you're a short service employee, if you work for a year or a month or 25 years or 55 years, you can use it. Doesn't matter if you're a senior position or in an entry level position. You input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and that's it. You're done. It takes 20 seconds, and then you find out how much you're owed. It's such an important tool because if you don't, you may fall into one of those. If you don't use it, you may fall into one of those traps like a lot of people do where you read something online or you call the Ministry of Labor, and you only find out about a small portion of what you're owed. This is the way to find out everything you're owed severancepaycalculator.com. Whenever you step out of the termination meeting, as unpleasant as it is, you're holding your envelope with your severance papers, make it uh, your first place to go to severancepaycalculator.com. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell for your questions. You know, we'll pick up uh, kind of where we left off last week, and that was uh, we got into our discussion about independent contractors. So we'll just break it down. What is an independent contractor? This is such an important discussion, John, because I, I can promise you right now, there's dozens and dozens of people listening to us where they're actually working as an independent contractor or they believe that they are a subcontractor or on contract when really in the eyes of the law, there are employees. That is such an important thing because if you're an employee in the eyes of the law, you have the rights of an employee. Now, an independent contractor is someone that's in business for himself or herself. Someone that has many clients, someone that manages their business, someone that provides services to different people, different organizations, uh, someone that doesn't work for one company or doesn't work for one company exclusively. Uh, and, and an independent contractor is your, your plumbers, your electricians. Those are the people because they have a business. So they're an independent contractor. When you call an electrician to fix a problem in your home uh, and the electrician comes and spends eight hours at your home to fix the problem, they're not an employee. They're not your employee. They're an independent contractor. On the other hand, if you run a, a business and the, the, uh, the uh, uh, electrician has to come in every day, Monday to Friday, work for you, well, guess what? They are considered to be employees irrespective of what you call them. So many people think, well, hey, listen, I signed a piece of paper says I'm a subcontractor or an independent contractor. What else do you want from us? Well, John, if it was that simple, there would be no employees. Everyone would be an independent contractor. The law is a lot smarter than that. Does it really matter either way? What's the uh, what are the circumstances? Well, yeah, it, it certainly matters. One way it matters, just one way, is if your position has been terminated, if you've been your employment has been terminated. So you thought maybe you're an independent contractor, and the company says to you, John, we don't need you anymore. Unfortunately, we're gonna we're gonna end the relationship with you. And you may think, well, you know, I was an independent contractor. I guess they could do that without paying me anything. But wait a sec. If the law considers you to be an employee, irrespective of what you believe that you are or the company believes that you are, then you get severance. You get severance like everyone else. You can use the severance calculator to find out exactly how much you're owed. So that's so important. It could be the difference between getting nothing, zero, and getting $50,000 severance, $100,000 in severance. Uh, and it goes beyond that. There's also potential entitlements with respect to vacation pay and overtime, etc. 
But the, the big one, really, the one where, you know, quote-unquote, the money is, if you will, is when someone loses their position. You, If you really are an independent contractor, then guess what? You don't get anything. But if you're sitting there wondering if you're an independent contractor or an employee, you're probably not an independent contractor. People that are independent contractors know that they are that. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You got any questions about this topic or uh, any other? So, uh, you know, what if you don't quite meet the criteria that you've laid out there? Are you still or can you be an independent contractor? No, you can't. And and a lot of people think that, well, you know, it really matters what I consider myself to be. Uh, it does not matter. There's several criteria. Do you control how the work is done? Do you work exclusively for one company? Uh, do, do you take direction? Do you own your tools? Do you pay for your expenses? There's a bunch of criteria that distinguish an independent contractor from, from an employee. And if you don't meet those criteria, you're not an independent contractor. Remember, uh, I just gave you some criteria. One of the criteria is not the name that you're using. It's not whether you've incorporated. Mm-hmm. It's not who pays your taxes. None of that actually matters. Uh, it's a question of substance over form. And if you're not an independent contractor by the way you operate, then you're simply not an independent contractor. Why should the law interfere, though? I mean, if, if you know an employer and an employee both said, yeah, okay, we agree, I'm an independent contractor, off you go. Well, then the problem with that, it's a slippery slope, John. Then why would anyone ever be an employee? I have 50 people working at my law firm. Why would I ever want to hire an employee if it's as simple as saying, hey, I'm offering you a job as an independent contractor? Then all of them would have accepted, and I would have no obligation to pay overtime, to pay severance. I can let them go whenever I want. You can't have that. You can't have that. The law has to protect individuals. And it's not enough for you to say, well, I needed a job, and they told me the only way they'll hire me if I call myself an independent contractor. It doesn't work that way because otherwise our whole legal system would essentially disappear. Our employment legal system would be gone. Sean, uh, thanks for calling in, man. What uh, what say you, pal? Hey, Sean. Hey. Hey. Hello. Go ahead. Hold up for one second, please. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Sean. It's live radio, Sean. There you are. How are you, pal? Hello. <laughs> Sean is on hold. Brandy, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Okay. You ready to go? Yeah. Okay, shoot. So, um, <laughs> I was working at a physiotherapy clinic. I'm a kinesiologist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a six-month contract when I started last May. Um, and then they decided to go from six-month contract to do month-to-month with me and the administrative girl. Um, and on January 16th, so she renewed it one twice. Um, and then it was up on January 16th. Um, and her and her assistant came in in the middle of my shift and fired me or let me go said that they were making changes and they no longer needed me. Um, so I said, okay. And then I asked her for termination papers and she said that I didn't need to worry about those. Um, and she just told me that I wasn't permitted to come back in, but she wanted me to work till six o'clock. Um, and obviously I wasn't going to stay there when she did that in the middle of my shift. (laughs) Now, Brandy, were you considered on paper to be an employee or an independent contractor? Um, an employee. Okay. Because so the here's ones the thing. who were independent contractors were the therapists okay. themselves. Got it. Okay, good. So, so that, that's, that's good to know. Now, the fact that you had a contract and then it was renewed and renewed means that in the eyes of the law, you're no longer an employee, arguably, on a fixed-term contract. You're an okay. indefinite employee. So that does okay. mean you're going to get severance, Brandy. How long okay. were you there total? Um, just under, so from May till January, so just under a year. Just under a year, uh, and, and how old are you, Brandy? I'm 24. So, you know, given the fact it's short service, and, and, and obviously you're, you're a young lady, uh, in your situation, you'd be owed right around a month's pay, okay? So that's okay. what they owe you, Brandy. Uh, if, have they said anything about severance? 
Um, no, because when I asked her about any paperwork or anything like that, um, she didn't offer me anything. And the administrative girl that just got let go this Monday, um, yes. she took in my pay sheet for the day that they, she's like, they're going to oh. pay you for the couple hours that they fired before they fired you. Um, but other than that, I haven't heard from them and okay. I don't know how I should go about like contacting them. Right. So you, you, you've been wrongfully dismissed. You owed that month's pay. And, and the reality is you contacting them is probably not going to be very helpful or productive. Mm -hmm. Give me a call off air. Johnny's going to give you the number. I'll connect you with one of my colleagues that can help you get that month's pay. This is very straightforward. So uh, give me a call off air and happy to chat. Brandy, the number, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 That'll put you in contact with Lior standing by. Sean, get your phone figured out, buddy. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. We're coming back to you after a short break. Be warned. <laughs> right now, AM 640, Chopper Traffic. Here's Kimberly Fowler. 737, Monday evening. Yeah, we got a few open phone lines. Give us a call. You'd like to chat about your situation. We'd love to get you on. Hey, Sean. Hey, how are you guys? All right, pal. What's going on now? What's going on now? Uh, I just have a quick question for you guys. Um... I'm a subcontractor, which basically means at the end of my paycheck, I get charged HST. So my company pays me HST. I would just like you guys to know if you guys can highlight what my basic rights are at this point. Like if I was to let, if I was company was to let me go, would I be paid any severances, or do I get paid any additional on top of it, or what? What would just your basic highlights would be? Because all this time, I thought I was an independent contractor, and when I heard you guys talk about this part, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Now, Sean, do you work just for this company? Yes. And how many hours a day do you work? How many hours a week approximately? Well, hours a week is 40 hours a week. Right. So, so guess what, John? You're an employee, 100%. You're, you're working exclusively for a company, full-time hours only for them. Yeah, you are an employee. That means, as, as a practical matter, yeah, if they want to let you go, yeah, they're going to have to pay you full severance just like any other employee. The fact that you signed a piece of paper that says independent or subcontractor, the fact that they pay it HST doesn't change that at all. Now, if you were inclined, you could potentially file complaints with the Ministry of Labor to get vacation pay, to get overtime. I'll leave that to you if you want to do that. They may make the relationship difficult to continue. Uh, if you don't do that, the one thing you have to keep in mind is, as I've just said, if they let you go at some point, doesn't matter if it's tomorrow or 10 years from now, they're going to owe you full severance. Uh, and they can't simply hide behind the fact that you are, quote, unquote, a subcontractor because the law considers you to be an employee, Sean. Now, just a quick question. If they let me go for my fault, do they still have to pay me for severances? And if I was to let them go at any point in the future, will I be a, a little bit for any severances at that point or no? So the only way they can avoid paying you severance is if they can let you go for cause. That means you would have had to do something pretty nasty, pretty awful, something so bad that makes it impossible to continue them hiring you. If you did something that bad, then yeah, they can let you go without severance. The fact that you maybe made a mistake or you screwed up on something does not mean that it's cause, does not rise to that level. So it's very difficult to let you go without severance. If you are the one that decides to leave, if you decide you don't want to work there, you're going to take another job, that's fine. You have a right to do that. But at that point, Sean, you don't get any severance. Thank you so much, guys. All right. Thanks, thanks man. Sir. Appreciate it. And that's, you know, that's probably the most important phone call that guy will make in, during that career. Important. Right? Yes. Because he was Extremely under the impression that he was a contractor until that point. They wouldn't let him go tomorrow. He was, okay, thanks. Bye. And, and right. John, full-time hours, exclusive to the company. Do you need to be an employment law expert to know that that's an employment relationship? Yeah. Come on, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Thank God he gave, gave us a call. Angelo, uh, good evening. How are you, pal? Hi. What's your uh, question? 
in all fairness, these guys don't tell you that when you hire them on, you give them a choice. None of them want to be employees. They want to be subcontractors, so you don't take anything off their check. That's number one, mm-hmm. right? Right. Se- secondly, I called you a couple of weeks ago, and you said, as a contractor, if you can get them to sign a contract saying that they're subcontractors, then that's fine. Is that correct? No, it, it's not. And to your first point, uh, Angelo, the fact that you and them or the company and the individual may agree that that's better doesn't change what the law is. The law really doesn't doesn't care. It's You can't contract out of what the legal obligations and the legal rights are. You can't decide to call someone a contractor, even if the person wants to be, if they're really not. Now, it's substance over form. If you have someone sign a paper that's saying they're a contractor, but that person works full-time and exclusively like our previous caller, it doesn't matter what they've signed. But if well, that's long, some, uh, go ahead, Angela. Sorry, how long do they got to work for you? Is it, I hear like it's a two year. If they work for two years for you, they're no. considered an employee. Not at all. No, there, there's no, there's no time limit on that. If you hire someone today, quote unquote, as a contractor, and in the next uh, week they've been working full time exclusively for you, you have an employee on your hands, and and having yes. them sign a piece of paper, or a form, or a contract that says otherwise is not going to matter. Because remember my previous point: if it was that simple, why would anyone ever? ever again be an employee, right? No one would ever be an employee. So it doesn't work that way, Angela. What if you stop giving them hours here and there and they, they just quit on you? Well, they may then be able to say that's a constructive dismissal. So if they were working for you 40 hours a week, now you're all of a sudden giving them you know, a couple hours here and there, they may be able to, to quit and say, well, you've constructively dismissed me by changing my hours, by eliminating my hours, which means you have to pay them severance. So you mm-hmm. can't really do that legally if someone is an employee. So if they look like an employee, Angelo, and they act like an employee, may as well call them an employee and avoid problems down the road. Yeah. That's tough. I don't think you guys understand how much it costs to put like 10 employees on your payroll. Like a lot of these small companies can't afford that. That's the biggest problem. You know what I mean? Right. I, I do, but the law is the law, and, yeah. and you know I understand what you're saying, but until the law changes, and I don't think it's going to, uh, it, it's there, and, and the fact that you may not have the money – you, you can't change that. You can't say, well, because I don't have the money, I'm going to do something that's illegal. It doesn't work that way. And that's where you protect yourself in the back end with an employment contract to limit the severance. Yep. You minimize exactly. those obligations, John, with a proper employment agreement. Exactly. Take a quick break. Your phone calls. Yeah, open lines are available for you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on self. First of all, we'll have another look. AM640, Chopper Traffic for Beyond on ABC Spark. Here's Kimberly Fowler. 747, still got plenty of time to uh, give us a call and uh, voice your concerns. Some questions, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Eric, thanks for hanging in, fella. What is going on with you? Hey, guys. I just had a question regarding uh, vacation pay. Mm. Um, I've never really had this problem before, but I just thought of it now. Uh, in my employment contract that I signed last year with my new job, uh, it did indicate that I got uh, two weeks vacation pay. Um, I never used it, uh, probably because I was just a new employee. I worked there for maybe, uh, say, nine months. So I'm kind of curious, um, is it more of like a use it or lose it policy, or do you still, or rather, are you still entitled to the vacation even if you don't use it? So excellent question. And, and two weeks a year is the minimum that someone is, is owed, the minimum someone can receive. Because it's the minimum, it cannot be, and it's not use it or lose it. They have to pay that out to you if you, you don't get to take your vacation. Now, if they were offering you four weeks vacation, then any amounts over the two weeks, that amount could be a, a use it or lose it, but not for the minimum entitlements. So if you lost a job, or you left a job, and, and there was over oh, sorry vacation that was never paid to you because you didn't take it, they still owe you that, and you can pursue it. With respect to your two weeks vacation, it's not use it or lose it. Uh, you don't lose it at all. Does that make sense, Eric? 
No, it does. Um, so since I'm still with the company, like I have no intention okay. of leaving, does it roll over to the next year or do I just go like up to the manager HR and just say, hey, look, uh, you know, I never use it. Can you pay it out or can I roll it over? Mm-hmm. How does it, that work? It, it, it's, it's up to you and it's up to them. They, they, they can say, okay. oh, we're not going to allow you to roll it over. We'll just pay it to you now. They're, that's absolutely legal. You just can't lose it. So I, I suggest you do speak to them and see if you can agree to whatever works for both of you. But at a minimum, if you want it paid now, they have to pay it to you now. They, they, they can't say, well, too bad you didn't take it. Our calendar year ended in December. Now you've lost it. It does not work that way. And if that's what they do to you, you can give me a call or with respect to vacation pay, you can even file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. Got it. Cool. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Thanks Eric. I appreciate that. Uh, Lior's number, by the way, guys, one eight five five eight two one fifty. 900. Got uh, Mikey. Hey, Mike. How are you, pal? Hey, pretty good. Thanks. Good. What's your concern? Yep. Um, I'm a unionized employee. I just had a thought. What happens, say, if you get fired from your job and um, the union can try to get your job back for you, or should you just take, like, the, the fire compensation package and then call you up? What's a better no, deal? you can't call me up, Mike, if you're a unionized oh. employee. You, you, you can't call any lawyer up. The union is okay. the only one that's allowed to negotiate on your behalf to get your job back, to do anything if you lost your job. So your only recourse, Mike, if you lost your job is you have to call the union. There's no option to. Oh, okay, then. I was just curious. Thank yep. you. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, appreciate Mike. that. Hi, Al. We'll get you in before a break. How are you? Yes, hi. How are you? Uh, love the show. Long time. Let's live. Thanks, man. Uh, Thanks, love, Al. Love the station. Uh, on behalf of a friend uh, and a family member, uh, agencies uh, who uh, uh, they are working under agency uh, uh, full time, basically full time hours uh, for almost past uh, year, year and a half, roughly. First, uh, warehousing is basically warehousing jobs. Uh, six months uh, for the promise of hiring uh, for, from the company, but at the end of the six months they were let go, and then uh, work another warehouse job uh, somewhere else, and then continues working and there is no promise of where they're going to be hired uh, so the feel is that these agencies perhaps they're just taking a cut and then they will never be able to be hired by these warehouse companies and all that stuff because of the uh, the, the percentage these uh, agencies they take on on the employee uh, employees right so what's your take on that one if, if they, you could just light uh, on a situation uh, to help out. I'll, I'll take my uh, answer, I guess, on the radio if that possible. And have a great day. Thanks, pal. Appreciate Thanks, it. Al. Thank you. So, Al, he, he, it's, it's similar to what we were talking about when it comes to independent contractors versus employees. It's substance over form. If someone works full-time hours, regular job, guess what? They're an employee. doesn't matter if they, they're hired through an agency and they have the same rights as an employee. So all, if all of a sudden they don't get a job anymore, the job ends, uh, then they have rights to severance. And, and the agency can't say, well, you're an agency employee, so that doesn't apply to you. Again, the law is smarter than that. So ultimately, you can sign a contract with an agency saying that uh, I'm gonna, you're going to provide services to a company, but you can't accept a job directly with that company because then you're essentially competing with the agency. That's fine. But if your job ends through the agency, you're owed severance. Uh, so the same rules, the same laws applies to someone working through an agency. It doesn't change the, the matter at all. Quick break, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. A few minutes left here in this hour, the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour this is Talk Radio, AM 640. Hey, I got a few minutes left here to get in a question or two to the show. Get your questions answered by Lior. Chris, good evening. How are you? Hi, good evening. I have a question uh, regarding uh, 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 how EI affects your uh, uh, case. Uh, so I had a wrongful dismissal situation, and I resigned, and I applied for EI, 
and in the application I described the situation to them and the reason I resigned and my EI was approved. Uh, so does that have any uh, hold any evidential value in the in the case uh, if I sue my employer saying you know Service Canada reviewed my case right. and they granted my EI. Chris, uh, did your employer uh, try to argue to EI that you shouldn't be approved? Did they take an active role in trying to convince EI not to pay you? I don't know about that. So if they, in fact, didn't in- get involved no. with the EI process, then it's not going to make a difference. If they did get involved and they made, made arguments, no. etc. Yeah, can you hear us? Hey, Chris, you there? His phone was cutting out. It's okay. Answer him anyway. So, so let me answer the question here in case he listens to us off here. Ultimately, if the employer fights you on the EI thing and they lose, that may help your wrongful dismissal case. If they simply took a hands-off position and they didn't get involved in your EI application, it doesn't really help you. Ultimately, uh, you know, the law would take care of deciding whether you're wrongfully dismissed or not. Usually it has nothing to do with whether EI has approved you or not. Uh, so uh, you may want to give me a call so I can find out what actually happened in your situation uh, and, and whether or not you're owed compensation if you were wrongfully dismissed from your employer. Wrap it up with a, uh, an email this week again, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Bill says, I've been called into a meeting this coming Friday huh, with my boss. I believe they're going to let me go. Anything I can do about it? Yeah. Yeah, John. Well, that's a difficult situation, yeah. obviously. If you were let go, you have to have some documents prepared. You have to have your employment agreement there. You have to have a copy of any pay stubs. Uh, and, and you can't do anything to avoid it. Just don't sign anything. Uh, ask questions, and then no matter what, leave that co- that meeting. Use the severance calculator. Give me a call. Uh, just remember, no matter what pressure you may feel, do not sign anything. If you do, at that point, it will be too late to do anything. Because there's a chance somewhere on that letter inside that package, it's going to say, you know, have this back, you know, next Friday by five or Monday by five. So that does not apply, right? Bad idea. Don't sign by Friday or Monday or any other day at 5. Give me a call. Your legal rights don't expire Friday at 5, as we've said before on the show. We uh, come back here on Wednesday evening. As you know, the employment hour twice during the week, 7 o'clock, will be the same time. Until that time, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And, of course, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what you're really owed for that severance package. It'll save you. And give you a lot of money. Till next time, the Employment Hour, right here at Talk Radio, AM 640.